0: This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. We are members of the unique family of God. The kingdom of light is our abode. We are citizens of your kingdom. And your life flows through us. This is the way life. It flows, it flows, it continues to flow without end, unstoppable. Because of your blood. Hallelujah. I have the way. I have the way.
1: The Spirit of God lives inside, inside of me. me. If you know what that means, you get up on your feet and sing properly. Is the God kind of I life? Is the very life of God. mm mm-hmm.
0: you die, and you leave. This is the reason why we shout victory in the name of Jesus, in the resurrection of Jesus.
1: We are victors. We are more than conquerors through Christ. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are more than conquerors through your death Through your burial, through your resurrection, and your ascension. Glory to your name, Jesus. You are exalted above every other. Your name is above every other. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. That at the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses him as Lord. To the glory of the Father. Father, we thank you we thank you. We thank you. Lord, we worship you. We cannot stop worshipping you for what you did for us. This is, this is more or less like the pivot. This is the crux of our existence as children of God. Our claim to that phrase, child of God. If not for the death of Christ, if not for the shedding of his blood, if not for his resurrection. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I think that's verse 19. He said, we, of all men, would have been most pitiable, would have been most miserable. Father, we give you praise. We bless your name as we go into your word this morning, teach us more. Help us to come into the knowledge of your grace. Lord Jesus, we want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering that we might know you. That we might become all that the Father has called us to be. That is the way life that we claim to have that we say we have and we believe inside of us, will indeed be lived out for all to see. And they would say of us, these are those that have walked with Jesus or that are walking with Jesus because we are living a perpetual life and eternal life that is not controlled by the system of the world, not controlled by the enemy, not controlled by what we eat or drink. Or what we put on. Because you've taken care of those. The systems of your kingdom. They are running perfect. And we are living inside that kingdom. Your the way life. Is inside of us. It's flowing through our veins. We say it. We think it. We see it. We perceive it. We know it. We live it. Glory to your name Jesus. Glory to your name Jesus. Open the eyes of your people. Open the ears of your people. Open your hearts. That they might hear you speak. That I might hear you speak. Lord, touch us once again. With your word that is living and powerful. Let us feel different. Let us know that something has happened to us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way glorify the Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, okay, let me say, happy Resurrection Sunday. It's a privilege to be in front of us to give a word today. Uh, The Holy Spirit will speak to us. I want us to be attentive, to be alert, to allow him touch those parts or those areas he would want to touch. As I said earlier, it's a privilege to be standing in front of us to give this word this morning. And I believe that the Lord will bless us. The purpose for today being in the season where we are remembering and celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his exaltation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is very unique. There is no other culture or way of life I'm using the word culture and way of life to describe people that have religious sentiments. Whose leader, whose head, Christ is our head, right? Died and rose again. None. And if you take Christ out of our movement, I'm using the word movement carefully then we don't exist. If we take Christ out of it, we don't exist. If Christ did not resurrect, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that we of all men would have been what? A laughing stock. Would have been most miserable. But he spoke of his death. He spoke of his suffering. He intentionally went ahead to go out, do it. I like the way, for those of us who are on WhatsApp, the the beautiful um, presentation on what happened on Good Friday. Jesus and his disciples. If you watch that presentation, can I see your hand? I think it was, was it Philip or who said, or Andrew? He said, when they were talking about, ah, uh, Udeshi, it will just disappear. In fact, I, I was like, this is, this is beautiful. If they, if they could only take that, that, of course, it's good the way it is, if they could only take it and put it into a drama. Say, so Ige Udeshi, it would just disappear. And then Andrew said, no, he wanted it this way. It's so comforting that we have a Lord who will decide to die for you and me. He didn't struggle. He didn't fight. In fact, the ear that Peter cut off, he picked it and healed the man's ear. To show that he had power over life and death. His existence was beyond here. His existence, his history, his person was beyond what man could control or the systems of this world could control. So he willingly gave his life, willfully. Andrew said, You wanted it this way. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to die for us. For saying you will go. If not for you, we don't know where we will be right now. Maybe, I don't know, be tying one wrapper, white wrapper, and then putting mark on my face somewhere. If Jesus did not die for us, and pouring oil on one, on one stone and worshipping that stone. But thanks be to God. See, we don't know what Jesus did for us. If we knew what Christ did for you, you will serve him more intentionally. You will love him more dearly. You will run after him with all the strength that is in your blood or in your body. do you think the people that are doing all those idol worshiping, they choose to, they want to, is because there is a scale in your eyes. It's because there is a veil in your eyes. And for you, the Lord has removed that veil. He has removed that scale. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And He has given you the opportunity to know Him and then given you the responsibility to go tell them that He is alive. Praise the Lord. He's going, or rather we are going, of course, he's going with us. We are going this afternoon or later today for evangelism, I believe. And it's another opportunity to share God's message of love with those out there. The depth of your belief will translate to how eager you are to speak about it. The depth of your belief will show in your enthusiasm in sharing God's word with people, sharing your testimony, sharing His testimony, being a witness. Praise the Lord. This morning, we're going to be taking, of course, we, we have the theme for the month, Victory by the Blood, with a uh, scripture, Revelations 12, verse 11. I believe we should be able to chorus it right now. So let's read it together. Revelations twelve eleven, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the what? Words of their testimony. And they loved their lives not unto death, unto the death. Praise the Lord. And they did not love their life rather until the death. That's uh, King James translation. New King James says, They did not love their lives to the death. We're going to be looking at, of course, we'll be considering the blood. um, Pastor Shion gave us a rundown of what the blood of Jesus had done for us or has done for us, and we can leverage on till he comes. Praise the Lord. Because it's life. It's as life. It is still working. It is powerful. Praise the Lord. But then, I want us to focus on whose blood it is. Amen? You will agree with me that in this uh, I'll call it Not, I don't want to call it a scenario or situation. or Under the circumstance we are right now. Or in the knowledge... Okay, that's better. In the knowledge that we have, there is no other blood that could equate to the blood of Jesus. Amen? But the reality of it is that the blood that was shed, we've said it as life, the blood speaks, Right? but all blood actually has life because the life of anything or any animal is in the blood and every blood speaks praise the Lord now it now depends on what it is saying what it is what saying the blood of Abel spoke the blood of men that have died the blood of martyrs that have died They are speaking. The blood of innocent men are speaking. The blood of animals also speak. Because if not, God wouldn't have used animals as a show or a shadow of what he was trying to let us know. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that he allowed them to use that as a shadow of what Jesus was coming to do the bulls the lambs and so on but then it was short-lived every year they will come and sacrifice every year they would I mean the priests or high priests would go into the most holy place and do the ritual all over again all over again first for himself and then for the people praise the Lord but because of the blood of Jesus because it is the blood of Jesus. It happened once and for all. Never to happen again. Praise the Lord. The next time Jesus is coming, he's coming for what? He's coming for what? The next time Jesus is coming, he's coming back again, right? What is he coming for? For his bride, the church. And then, to wrap this age up, to judge the world. Praise the Lord. At that time, there is no um, please, mercy or I'm sorry. Because once he has come, he has come. Because what he did on the cross is done. Praise the Lord. Alright, so let's open the Bible to Okay, we will read some number of scriptures today john one twenty nine matthew sixteen thirteen to twenty revelations five verse six john one twenty nine matthew sixteen thirteen to twenty revelations five verse six praise the lord now As I said earlier, the essence of blood or the essence of the blood or the qualification of the blood of atonement was because of the owner of the blood. In other words, if Jesus' blood was not shed, if the blood of a mere man was shed, it was not equating to save man from sin because the man who would die is himself in sin praise the lord bible says all have sinned and come short of god's glory when adam fell or when man fell of course when adam and eve sinned things or the authority that adam had the authority that god gave to him he willfully handed it over to the devil amen He did what? He willfully handed it over to the devil. And then said, devil, you have control over everything God has created here on earth, including myself. But God had a plan. Praise the Lord. He had a plan and Jesus, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, was prepared to come at the appropriate time. Now, remember, The deed of Jesus being slain had already been done even before Adam sinned. Praise the Lord. Do you get me? Please follow me. The sin that Adam or sorry, the, the deed of Jesus being slain had already been done before Adam sinned. Why? If not, Jesus wouldn't have been called the Lamb that was slain from where? The foundation of the world. Now, because all is known to the Lord in that time, or not even he's not working in time, all is known to him. Let's just put it that way. But in time, sequence of events will take place. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And here in Revelation sorry, in Hebrews chapter nine, let's open to Hebrews chapter nine, please, before we read the other passages. Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine. Can write one to ten, but I won't read the entire passage. Amen. Okay. Now, this describes how the old covenant operated and God gave Moses this injunction or this, instituted this for them because it wasn't time for man to be redeemed. Praise the Lord. And then Aaron, who was the priest, or sorry, the high priest, was given the privilege of going into the most, uh, most holy place to do the rituals. All right? And what kind of sacrifice would he take there? it will take lambs, it will take bowls, the blood will be sprinkled on the messy seat. I mean, our senior pastor had talked about it being a messy business. Amen? So, at that time, here, everywhere here, if this was the altar, it would have been all bloody. Amen? And at that point in time, they had to do that over and over and over and over again. So, if I have sinned. I'll bring my own lamb. According to the book of Exodus, I'll put my hand on it. They will probably say some. Okay, the priest will say something. And then we'll slaughter it. The blood will be spilled. And so on and so forth. Over and over again. So if you didn't have any business, uh, would you call it rearing animals? You have to continue to buy. You have to continue to buy. There was no, I mean, there was no other way. There was no other way. Praise the Lord. Now, but this old system of the first covenant only allowed for a certain animals without blemish. And that for me is very instructive because if you look at the life of Jesus, the Bible says the prince of this world scanned him. He didn't have anything to hold on to. No sin was found in him. Amen? Pilate examined him. He said, I don't have any crime that this man has committed to convict him of any uh, thing. Amen? Amen. I find no fault in him. The centurion that was by the cross, looking at him when he died, said, this man indeed was the son of God. So many accounts gave an, an attestation, rather, so the fact that Jesus was sinless. So with respect to being blem- uh, having blemish or spotless, he was a candidate. He was the best candidate. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now he offered himself as both the high priest and the sacrifice. Amen. We call him the Lamb of God, right? and he's also our high priest so he offered himself as both what the high priest and the sacrifice Hebrews chapter 9 I'll read from verse um, 6 with these thing set up this way the priests enter the first room repeatedly performing their ministry but the high priest alone enters the second room and he does that only once a year and never without blood, somebody say never without blood Never without blood. You know, to date, I don't think there is anything that can replace blood. Medically. Is there? There is none. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. You know, it's good to have doctors in the house. So, when you are speaking, they can confirm. So, when we heal, I'll pray for the sick, and they get healed. They can also confirm that they are healed. Hallelujah. Before they say, stage managed. Praise the Lord. All right. So, blood carries life inside of it. And why is blood so unique? Because every part of it benefits or has its passing through it. Amen? And what does it carry? Let's talk about the air we breathe in itself. It takes in oxygen. We take in oxygen, rather. It goes into the blood, right? And the blood takes it to every cell of the body. I don't know how many cells we have in our body, but the medical people will know. But the truth is, every cell in your body benefits from that blood. The oxygen that comes to it. Why? Because oxygen is meant for life. Right? Now, apart from oxygen, what else does it carry? Food. Somebody say food. Food. When I say food, I'm not talking about the way it is. If you take to your cells, no. It's broken down, of course into uh, smaller bits and um, medically, atoms and uh, molecules and all of that. But in a form that your body can make use of it. Now, so for those two things, taking oxygen and food to every, if blood does not get to the brain, what would you say is happening to that person? Or what could happen to that person? It becomes mentally ill it loses function of body parts. Praise the Lord. Because your brain cannot exist by itself. The blood that we have flows into the brain as well. And when it does that, it produces or gives it support to be able to function. Amen? Hope you are following me. The thing is this. The blood of Christ being shed and because of his person gives us the opportunity to say I lay claim spiritually now because a sacrifice is meant to be made for things to be done in the spirit. There was a war that the Israelites were fighting and the king of the opposing army took his firstborn and killed his firstborn what happened? They won the Israelites. Why? Because a sacrifice had been made. Blood has been spilled. Not just blood, blood of his firstborn. At the Passover in Egypt, before, okay, before the Passover, when the firstborns of the Egyptians were to be killed, God told Moses, people, get a lamb of one year old, kill it at twilight, get the blood, smear it on your doorposts and all of that, stay in the house, don't go to sleep, burn the animal, prepare it and eat it, roast it rather and eat it, don't boil and so on and so forth. For as many Israelite homes that did that, when the angel of death passed by, it passed over praise the lord praise the lord now that was and it's not it's not coincident that passover took place i think that was a thursday okay well it started on thursday and it will run through for one week so passover started on thursday or friday no thursday amen but the truth is this god knew that jesus had to come But he had to make the people and us ourselves to come into understanding of what he was meant to do. Now, preservation was what happened there, right? They were preserved. Preserved from what? Death. And indeed, death is the last enemy. That's in 1 Corinthians 15 as well. Death is what? The last enemy. And God in his mercy provided a way out for the Israelites. So, even Egyptians that were in homes of Israelis, they were what? Preserved. So, that gives me, you see, God is so wonderful. The fact that he didn't separate or do nepotism. You know what nepotism is? Where you choose your brother and say, ah, my brother, you are the, my family, my clan, should be the only people ruling Nigeria. Just using that as an example. Praise the Lord. Don't take me out of context. All right. so he didn't do that. He didn't say, because there are Egyptians in some of the homes of the Israelis, let those Egyptians come out. Amen? Let them come out so that it is only my people that will benefit from this. That is why I know he had me in mind. I don't know about you. Because we are not Israelis, are we? But he had made preparation for Jews and Gentiles to benefit from the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. He had made preparation for Jews and what? Gentiles. But as many that have received him, to them he gave power to be called... Now, power, some translations use rights. He gave the rights to become sons of God. Or to be called children of God. For the Egyptians in that season, most likely, most likely, they looked at the ways of the Israelites or the people they were living with or staying with and they believed that these people are different. Let me align myself with them. So it's basically about alignment. Praise the Lord. Our benefiting from what Jesus did on the cross is about what? Alignment. But as many that did what? believed him. To them he gave the power to be called sons of God. So, if you are not aligned, if you don't come into an understanding that this that was done for me is actually for me. If I don't know or if I don't agree that Christ's death is shedding of his blood or the shedding of his blood rather was meant for me, was actually supposed to be mine to benefit. He substituted me for himself. He substituted... Now, I don't know how this works, but then I know really substitution is you standing in place of somebody else. Alright? Now, I know some children they are so loving... And caring for their siblings so much so that if their siblings are going to be hurt, they'll rather stand in place of their sibling to probably receive a cane or something in, in school how many of you have seen some of those kind of children or you have been some of those kind i mean you've experienced some of those things praise the lord now that is not what we are talking about it's not just substitution to receive punishment is substitution to die. That is, there is no coming back. There is no assurance of what? Coming back. But Jesus took a risk because he, he was man. Amen? If you go through the doctrine of Christ, you will see so many things about him being truly God and him being truly man. He was given birth to by a woman. Of course, he went through all the what all of us did go through with respect to being hungry, carrying things, fetching water if they had to fetch water, washing clothes. I mean, his father was a carpenter. That's Joseph. He did carpentry work. Amen? He did all that we all did except for sin. Except for what? Sinning. He was hungry, he was tired. Remember when he was at the well in Samaria? The Bible says that he was weary because of the journey. And he sat. And then the disciples went into the village to buy food. He went through hunger. He went through sorrow for you and I. Remember at the garden of Gethsemane, what happened? He said, Father, if you can take this cup away from me. He felt as it drew closer, as, as death drew closer. He could feel it. Amen? You know, someone is kidnapped and they are meant to be killed, right? As death will draw closer for that person, that person will literally be feeling it. That was what was happening to him. He was literally feeling death that he was praying intensely. One thing that that pointed out to me was that apart from going all the way, he experienced isolation. Because from the beginning, he knew that that was what he was going to do. But then, he walked through life as though nothing was happening. Praise the Lord. But still, he still mentioned it to his disciples. I mean, guys... The chief priest, the high priest, the leaders will capture me, they will torture me, they will make me suffer, and then they will kill me, and in three days I will come back to life. He kept saying that, but of course, remember there was a time that Peter rebooked him. I said, Why will you say something like that? And he looked at Peter, he said, Get deep behind me, Satan. Let's open to Matthew 16. Matthew sixteen. Now, this is an account, first of all, of how Jesus, remember we are looking at the person of the blood, right? Jesus, the owner of the blood. Mm? Now, that's not a topic. The topic is the Lamb of God is risen. Just write that down if you want to have a topic. The Lamb of God is risen. So, what we talked about, the owner of the blood determines how qualified that blood was for atonement, right? Now, Matthew 16, we'll read from verse, um, hold on, from verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, your understanding of who the Son of Man is, determines how you will receive his sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Your understanding Let's say it together. My understanding of who the son of man is determines how I receive his sacrifice. Jesus, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world, was introduced by who? John the Baptist. Amen? John 1 29. That was when John Of course, that was John's mission anyway. To be a foreigner. To introduce Jesus. Introduce Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God. Who does what? Takes away the sin of the world. Now, he made mention of that and really, it didn't make sense to the people around. He knew what John said. John the Baptist. John knew what he said, Jesus knew what he said. But it was much later that the second day that his disciples that John's disciples heard him again and then began to follow Jesus. Because at that point, John had probably indoctrinated them on the fact that, see, this is my mission. My mission, is, it has come to an end. Though. There is no church again. Though. We are not gathering again. Eh? Our movement has ended. Oh. No offering, no nothing. So, y'all go to your houses. Hmm? So, m- meeting ended for life, so to speak. And then they had what next? And let's continue with it. I like those disciples. They love the happening things. Praise the Lord. They love the what happening things. John was the one happening at that time. And they joined him. So, when he told them, guys, Our happening as uh, this happened. That stopped happening. That's the person happening now. Remember I said, the, the the, the lace of his shoes, I am not worthy to tie them or untie them. So those disciples were hearing. So immediately, that is the Lamb of God. They just gravitated to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? course, they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, what they called him determined how they would accept his sacrifice. Amen? Not just his sacrifice but his message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because John had come They've heard him. Nothing happened to them. Okay, some of them got baptized. Elijah had come. They knew about Elijah. They knew about the miracles that happened. They knew he was a prophet of God. They knew about Jeremiah and all that. But the person of those three persons or or the the, the character or the, the person they project, the office they were in did not depict the salvation of the souls of men, or did not depict the person that will save the souls of men. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, you remember when Jesus was um, born, there was a comment about him with respect to the prophecy that the virgin will give birth and. Of course, he will bear the son of God. His name will be called Emmanuel. That is God with us. Praise the Lord. He will be called what? God with us. Emmanuel. Now, all that. Let's move on in these verses. Then Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? Now, I believe at this point, the spirit of God took hold of Simon Peter. And then he said, you are the Messiah. Amen? He said what? You are the Messiah. The son of the living God. In some other translations, he says, you are the Christ. Praise the Lord. You are what? The Christ. And what is the meaning of Christ? The anointed one. And that immediately takes me to Luke chapter 4 and then Isaiah chapter 61 where Jesus quoted and then his first uh, public speaking in starting his ministry in the synagogue in Nazareth. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news what? To the poor. To bring liberty to the captives. So, the salvation message or his manifesto with respect to what he wanted to do, he introduced himself being, of course, the one in the, in the seat, using what someone they knew, Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, had said concerning him. So, validating the fact that I am he that Isaiah spoke of. And this scripture is fulfilled in your very eyes now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, taking that and what he was eventually going to do, because they had to see him as the Messiah. Amen? The disciples had to see him. I'm not talking about the people because he told them, he warned them in verse 20 of that same chapter, that don't tell anyone about this. Amen? They had to see him as the Messiah, was the disciples, to be able to accept and understand what his mission was you will see, of course, the Messiah is the king as well. You will see that much later they will be telling him that is it time to take over the kingdom? To take, of course, the kingdom they were talking about was the Roman kingdom. Amen? Because John and uh, James' mother, the children of the Zebedees, their smart mom came to Jesus and said, Jesus, Rabbi, please, in the kingdom, I want John to sit by your right hand. The woman was very bold. How many mothers can do that today? You go to the boss of your child and say, I want my child, hmm, a 40-year grown man or a 30-year grown man, to be the vice president of this company. Praise the Lord. The woman was very bold. So, John and James were more or less pushed forward by their mom. Because the mom also was thinking of it as an earthly kingdom. Praise the Lord. But Jesus told them, he said, you don't know what you are talking about. This is not earthly in setup. Would they be able to drink the cup that I would drink? He said, ah, we'll be, we be able to now. Of course, they didn't understand what he was saying. Praise the Lord. Well, of course, Jesus knew. I said, indeed, you will drink it. But it's not of me to tell who sits on my right or who sits on my left. My father will make those decisions. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus went on in verse 17 of that chapter, chapter 16 of Matthew, and said, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father in heaven... And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Now, what was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that the foundation of the church was going to be built on the Christ. Praise the Lord. We call him our firm firm foundation, right? He's our rock, right? Right? Rock of Ages, cleft for me. We sing the song. This is coming together. Jesus Christ is work on earth and his continuous work right now because the Bible calls him the mediator of the new covenant. So, he's before God mediating on our behalf, right? And the disciples at the time And the church, as we know it, have their foundation on the rock, Jesus himself. He needed to ask who he was and then get them to respond accurately so that he can begin to present himself to them. Now, we have the Bible. We read it. We know about this. The presentation of Jesus to you or to the people that we are going to speak to afterwards in the meeting or after this meeting. Jesus wants them to come into understanding, and every one of us indeed daily, that it is on him that all that we are and all that we would ever be as believers is founded on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I said, I will build my church and the forces of AIDS—that that is the gates of hell or Hades, will not prevail against it. In other words, they will try to attack it. They will try to dismantle it. They will try to scatter you. They will try to do all manner of things. But it will not prevail. Amen. It will not what? Prevail. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So in making the claim or in standing in that place or that status or that state of being the one who was the mediator, whose blood is going to be used for atonement, who is going to die, who is going to resurrect, who is going to become all that he has said it would be. Now, Jesus needed to establish all of those. But then, running through from the beginning, adam sinned and god made a plan to restore man one thing that happened when adam sinned was isolation of man from god praise the lord and that isolation continued until jesus came that is why till date hmm? till date we are encouraged to gather praise the lord people are not meant to be isolated Jesus alone went to the cross as a sinless man, as an innocent man. Not just as an innocent man, as the son of God or as the son of man to take away the sin of the world. Even his father at the point where he was carrying the sins of the world turned because he could not be owed iniquity. That was why Jesus cried. Eli, Eli, um, lama sabachthani on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you what? Forsaken me. Jesus knew that God had forsaken him. Because if he did not, if God, his father did not, he wouldn't have said what he said. So, my belief is this. And I believe that is what happened for us. God, or Christ rather, took isolation. That we might have fellowship with God. He endured being isolated so that you and I can have fellowship with the Father. So then, why do we run from the Father? Praise the Lord. The reason King. Our Lord Jesus, the Lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world still stands in his office of making mediation for us. Praise the Lord. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. But all of this was to help us to come to a place where we do not struggle with our identity. Because if anyone does not know who he is, then he becomes anybody. He does not have a root. Somebody will tell you, ah, he's the son of the soil. What soil? They will mention a place or they will mention a country. Ah, no, he's our son. They will mention a family name. Right? So, your root is what? In Christ. You are grafted into the vine. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. John 15. In rounding up, we will take communion shortly. While it took Judas oh sorry, it took um, John to introduce Jesus to the world. He's the lamb that was slain or rather behold the lamb uh, that will take away the sins of the world. Judas is carried out to introduce him to those that will kill him. Praise the Lord. Judas is carried out to do what? Introduce him to those that were killing because mean, they couldn't differentiate. The disciples and Jesus had become one. Because of what? Fellowship. Praise the Lord. I'm coming to a place where we come into understanding of why God went through all that he went through, or that he has gone through to bring us back. Fellowship was what was broken in the Garden of Eden. And with fellowship, you have every other thing else. Now, men's group, let me take that for example. Some weeks back, we had men's breakfast fellowship, right? And we ate breakfast. Amen. Nines, burger, thank you for, her. For, for, the, for the women that prepared that for us. God bless you lovely breakfast, burger, and uh, tea. If you were not in that meeting, would you have participated? No. But because we came together to fellowship, we can share with one another what each and every one of us had. Because apart from food, we shared insight. We shared knowledge. We shared experience. We prayed together. And there is more. So, when you come into fellowship with god you can imagine that the access you have is beyond you being on your own on your own you do not have access to those things but when you've come into fellowship with god all the benefits that the blood of jesus are been being used to pay for for you to cut the costs to cut the attachment of the enemy to cut the rights and the legal attachment or the whatever name you want to call it that the enemy had as a hold over us was broken off because the enemy kept on accusing kept on accusing such that God because he knows what it is there is rights and legal uh, principles in the spirit as well That he cannot do some certain things until these people come into fellowship with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, one important desire of the Father was fellowship. To bring man back to a place of understanding that I have come to live with you, Emmanuel. God with us. It was God's desire. It wasn't a case of, um, yes, I will save you. I just want the devil to get all his hands off you. But I don't have a relationship with you. No. He wanted a relationship with us. He wanted a relationship. Let's open to Romans chapter 5. Or no, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be reading verse 18 to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. said, everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. The Amplifier says, but all things are from God who through Christ Jesus or through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation by, that by word and deed he might aim to bring others into harmony with him. In other words, by our words and our deeds, that is, we living out the life of Christ, we can bring others into fellowship with him. Praise the Lord. So, you being saved is to walk to bring more into the kingdom. It's it's, it's a cycle. And may we not be the link that is broken or the the broken part of the link in Jesus' name. God is counting on us to reconcile men back to him. Just the way Christ did for us. Just the way someone did for you and I. Speaking to us about Christ and then we received the salvation that Jesus gives, the gift of salvation, and then we are now Christians and we are enjoying the benefit of all that God has given to us through Christ's death his shedding of His blood, His burial, His resurrection, and His ascension. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So from the beginning, God wanted relationship with man. That was why He created man. But for sin, that access was broken. But now the access has been restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we, have, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. Of course, the blood of Jesus gave us this access. By a new and living way, he has opened for us through the curtain. Amen? That is, His flesh. Now, when we say the curtain, you might think, okay, it's the, uh, what do you call it? The veil that separated the most holy place and the holy place, right? praise the lord but he was talking about you remember when he died the veil in the temple was turned into in other words it has parted ways that we might have access so now his flesh and his blood were the access given to us to come boldly to the throne of grace There was no other way that we could access grace or mercy without coming through Jesus and acknowledging what he has done for us. Praise the Lord. He said, through or by a new and living way, he has opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest, amen, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In other words, it also has to come or be done by faith. Praise the Lord. It has to be done by what? Faith. You have to come to him believing that he is and is the rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. This applies to everything. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, no doubting. For he who promises what? Is faithful. Is faithful. The reason why is, I mean, the, the show of God's faithfulness is the fact that Jesus came believing that when he dies people will come to him. Of course, he could have died and resurrected and nobody comes. But because he believed, I know that this is the way. This is the only way that man can be reconciled back to me. He's a faithful God. He trusted in himself that see, this is the way and I know that by my words, this will happen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your love. He said let us consider or sorry let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works in other words let's think of one another now the cross as they say as has been said rather is a depiction of fellowship with god and fellowship with man so it is not just relationship or reconciliation to god or with god but it's also reconciliation man to man in that family praise the lord praise the lord. Not staying away from our worship meetings. Not staying away from what? Our worship meetings as some habitually do but encouraging each other and all the more as you stay drawing near. Finally, fellowship and communion was desired and taught by Jesus in the remembrance of his body and of his blood. That was in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and 26. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26 rather. Media, can you bring it up? I want everyone to read. We are going to read it together, and we are going to meditate on those words. Media, please, can you be quick about this? Thank you. God bless you. Can we have it in the? Okay, leave it. Leave it in the amplifier. Leave it there. All right, let's read it together. One to go. From the Lord Himself, it was given to me personally that the Lord Jesus on the night he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress, took bread. Go on. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. Go on. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also saying, This cup is a new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately to remembrance. 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are represent- representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. Now, you can see how the Lord described that we engage with his body and his blood. What did he say? He said, Do this affectionately. In other words, there there is an endearment between you and this body and the blood. So, you don't just... Say, or say I want to take communion and just uh, do it anyhow. In other words, there is a reflection to it. There is a meditation to it with respect to what he has done and the love that he has for you that he has shown to you. At this time, let's bow down our heads and thank the Lord for what he has done for you. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. His side was pierced. Bible says water and blood gushed out. He died. He gave up the goats. But before he said that, he said, It is finished. I'm going to bless the, uh, the, the emblems now, but continue praying. Father, we thank you for these emblems. We remember your death, your suffering, your death, your burial, your resurrection. We remember your ascension and exaltation. And we are seated with you in heavenly places. We are joint ears. Glory to your name, O God. Father, we bless these emblems because you have said we should do this. And as often as we do it, We remember you. We remember affectionately what you did for us. We remember you as a person. We remember your work. We remember what you stand for in our lives. We remember that you are alive in us. That your life lives in us. That your word is alive in us. We declare them sanctified. We declare them blessed for this purpose in the name of Jesus. We declare them saved As though you were the one breaking the bread and giving us the cup. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, you can go ahead. All right, so while you are still meditating, while you are still reflecting, think about all what Christ has done for you. Think about the sacrifice. Think about all that was told you last week. It was substituted for you. It brought healing to your body. Protection, preservation, provisions were given as a result of the shedding of his blood and his death on the cross. Indeed, the shedding of the blood, his death, wouldn't have been complete without his resurrection. Thank him for the new life he has given you because you have been raised with him to life. And the spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, giving life to your mortal body right now. Let's ask him, Lord, I am more aware. I come into greater awareness of what you have done for me. I come into understanding much more of what you have done for me. I will no more live like someone who is ignorant. I will no more live like someone who does not know his left from his right. I will no more live like someone whose father he doesn't know. My life is in your hands, Lord. Your life is inside of me. I will live for you and for you alone. And I declare that as we take the bread and we take the cup, the same effect that Jesus wanted it to have, even in our remembrance of him, happens to us right now in the name of Jesus. The activation of awareness in spirit, soul, and in our bodies is done right now in the name of Jesus. When Jesus said it is finished in John 19 verse 30, all that he said or meant, being finished, is reality to us right now in the name of Jesus. And the grace of God and his mercy and favor is showered upon us in the name of Jesus. Let's take the bread. Let's also take the cup. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for many years ago, well over two, de- uh, two uh, decades, no, not two uh, millennials, that's 2,000 years ago. You died on the cross. You went all the way for us. It was a gruesome death. It was painful. You obeyed the father and for us you died. That we might be reconciled back to the father. Lord, we pray that the reward of your sacrifice you receive over us in Jesus name. That we being reconciled back to God will live the way he wants us to live the life that you have given us, the Zoe life, comes much more into effect, into expression, in every aspect of our life, spirit, soul, and body, in the name of Jesus. Father, we come into knowledge, we come into wisdom, we come into revelation, we come into understanding, of the inheritance of the saints, of the hope of our calling, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, O God. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.